0: Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. I wonder how many people are even going to think that what James Layfield does is even necessary. And I'll tell you why, James. Everybody who's listening to this interview, I feel like they're just so into software. They'll read Product Hunt. They'll understand what everything does. I thought, well, let me introduce you. (laughs) James Layfield is the founder of ClearFind. What their software does, what their platform does is it analyzes your software ecosystem, uncovers what products you should keep, remove, or consolidate. I thought it, the win here is lots of different people in company all seem to buy the same piece of software. How about we just analyze a credit card statement or the QuickBooks, right? You guys work with QuickBooks and other accounting software and say, hey, consolidate this. You have better control over the software and it's cheaper. Save money. James told me, actually, yeah, that's what we do, but it's not that smart, Andrew. It's not enough. What we do is... We take a look at people's software, company software, and we say, you know, instead of these three pieces of software, what if you just had one? And then it wouldn't have to use Zapier to have all three of those pieces of software communicate with each other. And guess what? You'd have better features, better everything that you're looking for. That's what your software does, right? You're smiling as I say that.
1: I am smiling as I say Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so what we found is, I mean, As entrepreneurs grow their companies, and they become bigger and bigger beasts, uh, and they start to be spending multiple millions a year on Mm -hmm. software, this challenge rings true for everyone. The bigger the company, the more complex the ecosystem, the more employees you've got, the more people you've got looking, the more of a mess you will have there. And what happens is over time, that mess just gets more horrendous. Uh, And by the time we find you, typically, companies have 25% 25% of their spend is a total waste of money that they could redeploy into
0: 25%. Any other. 25% yeah. of their software spend is a Correct. waste is wasted. Okay. Completely wasted. Yeah. And you're saying in addition to that, they end up getting software that's not optimal because they've just cobbled together different software uh accounts over the years.
1: Exactly. It, it's the things you mentioned before, uh, they're a given, which is basically in a in a company, some random will have a credit card and will have bought. Licenses yep. to Zoom, while someone else will have someone license to Zoom, and you don't realize that's a problem, but it's not the problem. The problem comes more from the fact that it's really hard as a company grows to fully comprehend the level of software you have in the company. You might know we've got a CRM system, but you don't know all its capabilities. You might know you've got a, a video platform, but you don't know all its capabilities. Our system knows all the capabilities and therefore can help you create the perfect jigsaw puzzle of software for you. Um, and as I said, most companies are sat there on at least 25% of misdeployed fund. If you think, if you're spending a million dollars a year, quarter of a million dollars, you could spend on anything else. You could go on holiday, <laughs> but more so likely you, know you could redeploy into
0: better software. Here's an example where I think this makes sense. Yeah. And then I'll give you one where it doesn't make sense. And by the way, this is not me shooting your business down. I'm in awe that you figured this out and I don't know how you get to this point. Like, how do you understand that this is a problem? That's what this interview is about. And then how do you get customers for it? I tell you. But, um, I did an ad for Ring Central about two years ago. And I guess that I didn't do that well because they didn't re-up with me. But <laughs> what I wanted to, to communicate to people was with Ring Central, you get a phone number for your business where if it rings, it could go to multiple cell phones or it could go to multiple people's desks. What I wanted yeah. to say was we're all still using Zoom. Their video conferencing at Ring Central was freaking Zoom. They had a partnership with Zoom. So basically for the price of Zoom, you got all this basket of other features. It's a no brainer if you have a phone service to say, let's just port our phone number over to Ring C- Central and, and if you're if you have the phone service and zoom it's a no brainer to say let's just use ring central if you have zoom it was a kind of no not exactly a no brainer but it made sense to say let's just switch over to ring central we'll use zoom through them and get all these extra benefits that part makes sense right you could uncover that
1: yeah we can uncover that for sure cuz we look at the features so what are the capabilities and features of that particular tool so yes we could easily see that
0: all right here's where it doesn't make sense to me we spend money on uh, Zoom at my company. We mm-hmm. also, I guess, have Google Meet that comes with our, um, our, our G Suite. Yep. Freaking Google Meet is such a pain in the neck to use in comparison. If you just look at features, the features of Meet and Zoom are practically the same. How, do you, how, how can you come back and say, Andrew this is not really gonna work for you or or do you? Or is it just, hey, there are all these features already in G Suite and it's all integrated and congratulations, you've got it already. Stop paying for Zoom. How do you, how do you deal with that? So,
1: so as you can imagine, and as you've pointed out, this is a more sophisticated tool than that. Absolutely. Um, you can't look at the world in such a simplistic way. And that's why it was an exciting problem to crack. So to give you our little backstory, um, so my business partner and I, Jocelyn-
0: By the way, this whole interview is backstory. So don't like, don't blow it all at once. Maybe you could okay. just tell me about that. And then we're going to go back into how you came up with this idea. Cause I know it wasn't, it wasn't a clear <clears throat> path for you either. Uh, what? How do you deal with this issue of Google Meet and Zoom, clearly different products. If we're just looking at what do you have already in consolidation? It seems that Google Meet's a better solution, but for us and many people, it's not.
1: Totally. So we spent two years, the first two years of our company, working out how do you create an accurate taxonomy of feature data? How do you understand the difference between Slack, which has got video conferencing and Zoom, which right. is video conferencing, and as you say, Google Meet, which is video conferencing and Teams, which is video conferencing, and Cisco, right. which is video conferencing and Blue Jeans. Why did anyone come up with the name Blue Jeans? I do not know. Right. Blue Jeans, which is video conferencing. And the answer is. There are many, many ways. As a human, I can discern that this we're using Zoom right now is a preferable platform with better features, better functionality, clearer imagery than some of the other competitors. How do you then translate that into a set of features that an AI can manifest to a user that then can give them accurate readings on how they're using the tool? So that was the first two years of our business, looking into that. Um, Because only with that level of subtlety Does the product become useful? So the way I think about it is in many large organizations, in order to make that assessment, you would potentially bring in, not necessarily in the Zoom versus um, the Zoom example, because that's relatively simple, but in a more sophisticated example, you might bring in a third-party consultant. You might bring in Deloitte, Accenture, someone like that. Someone who's an expert in the particular discipline. Mm -hmm. So we had to create an AI and a methodology to look at features that could compete with that human level of discernment.
0: Okay. And when I started this interview saying, we are passionate about software, we spend a lot of time looking at product On Is there, for, for someone who's that into it, and I imagine at bigger companies, there are people who are that into software too, is there still more that you could uncover for them and say, you may have looked at Product Hunt every day, but you probably didn't realize the blue jeans did blow up and become a better software, right? I'm assuming. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a few things. So firstly, just how many tools do you really ever look at? So if you look right. at Product Hunt, you look at, let's say you're a fanatic and you look every day at Product Hunt, that means you look at 365 products. If you looked every day, if they're all on project. No,
0: they come up with 10 or 20 a day. But yeah, I I get your point. I'm I'm basically scrolling through them and I'm not reading them anymore.
1: Exactly. Very few people are really, really diving in. And our system, for example, just in CRM, we have over a thousand tools that we look at for you when you come through that process. If you're just looking at CRM and you give us some basic information, we look at a thousand tools for you. No matter how fanatical you are (laughs) as a product hunt researcher, you ain't doing that work. Uh, And nobody's doing it. And the reason they're not doing it is because it's incomprehensible for a human to try and do that. Uh, And that's where the power of AI comes in. That's where we really leverage the fact that we have an incredible set of data and an incredible way to think about that data to make it usable, to make it practical, to analyze hundreds of tools in the same sphere at
0: once. All right. You came up with this idea, after or I should say, this interview is sponsored by two sponsors, HostGator for hosting your website. Go to HostGator.com slash Mixergy. TopTal, if you're looking to hire a developer, go to TopTal.com slash Mixergy. I'll talk about those later, but I wanted to introduce them. I'm contractually oblig Actually, I'm committed to, to supporting them. It's more than a contract. But you came up with this idea partially when you were working for Rise. What is Rise? So
1: Rise is a concept I developed uh, for a big UK bank. There's a big mm-hmm. bank. And if you live in New York, you may have seen it. Um, if you've ever been to the Barclay Centre, mm-hmm. the Barclay in Barclay Centre is a British bank. Not many people realise that, but that's the reality of it. Uh, also, if you walk in Times Square, there's a large building that used to be Lehman Brothers, but Barclays acquired, that now is Barclays Investment Bank. Um, those guys um, came to my company and said, well, look, we really want to get close to technology, particularly FinTech, can you help us create a platform to do that? And so eight years ago, we created Rise. Rise has a footprint in Tel Aviv, London, New York, Mumbai, Cape Town, and Eastern Europe. And its job is to find the best talent in the world, the best FinTechs in the world, and help bring them into Barclays Bank. That's
0: Oh, the, it's, it's recruiting? It's not like no, it's finding, nurturing? It's nurturing. Yeah. It's investing. It's
1: not recruiting in terms of, it's talent in terms of like, these guys have got an amazing, whatever it might be, um, platform for doing blockchain. Um, yeah. of we'll uh-huh. bring in that technology into the business. And it's that was the moment of friction. But
0: the, they were saying, look, we want to support this technology. We'll yeah. give them space to work, right? Well, yeah. I think they've got an accelerator according to the website, they which means that- They'll invest in the business, but they're yeah, doing well, it not, they're they're doing it not as an acquisition, not to have a team internally, but because they want to be clients, they want to get closer to new technology. So they're fostering it. Got it. And this was you founding it? Yes. Okay. So you found how do you get to found that for them?
1: Oh my goodness. Well, it was a long story. So basically back in the day, around 10, 11 years ago, before the word we work existed, uh, and before the word co-working existed. I founded a company in the UK that was the first of its kind, which was a thing that became known as co working. Um, And off the back of doing that, uh, we got introduced to Google. uh, And Google wanted to do something similar. uh, And we got invited to help them create something called Google Campus. Which again, is if you live in Tel Aviv, I think there's one in San Francisco, there's one in New York, there's one in London. That concept we helped develop for Google many, many years ago. What does that concept mean? So basically, they wanted to create something called called Google for Entrepreneurs. And the idea was to create a campus that would attract entrepreneurial technology talent. Um, Not that would work for Google, but again, would be people that were creating apps, ideas, businesses that they could nurture. And again... Buy from, invest in, work with. So in a way, Google Campus uh-huh. was actually the catalyst for Rise because Barclays said to um, the mayor of London at the time, Boris Johnson, hey, Boris, um, we want one of those Google Campus things, please. And Boris kindly said, meet James. He helped Google create uh, that, and now he can help you create the same thing.
0: Got it. So you're creating it, and by the way, that's such a freaking cool job to get, don't you think?
1: Oh, it's fabulous. I mean, obviously, not obviously, but to me, it's one of the most exciting projects I've worked on in the world since since my career began,
0: for sure. And one of the things that you learned from them was how much they struggle with technology.
1: Well, imagine this. I think it's hard for anyone who's an entrepreneur who hasn't worked in fintech or with a bank to understand the scale of these entities. I mean, they're literally... Unstoppable. You've got a business that has unlimited resources, unlimited financial resources, unlimited human capital, unlimited political capital. I mean, when they basically go bust, the government bails them out. They are a phenomenal beast. So imagine a business that has unlimited everything can't bring technology into it. You have to ask, why not? Why would it be why would it be hard for you?
0: So you're going um, back and saying, Why do they have to talk to Boris Johnson about getting this thing? What's the problem that's so painful that when they're talking to to the governor and talk right They're they're bringing, got it, to the mayor. That's
1: right. So why is it proving so hard? And then having had the privilege of building Rise with and for them, seeing it over the last seven years, not really do the thing that we hoped it would do. I'm like, this is bonkers. So I basically... um, when we, um, in, back in 2017, I thought I'm gonna move to New York and I'm right. gonna sit inside my office for rides and I'm gonna just watch how they work with us and where it goes wrong. And that was the starting point for this idea.
0: And so what did you notice that, that helped you so, understand why they're struggling with it?
1: So firstly, I began to realize just how many people are involved in looking for software. So in, a, in most large businesses, Everybody in every department at some point in their job is looking for a tool to help them. It's a ridiculously time-intensive, labor-intensive thing. As you say, there are some people who are super geeky and they're on product hunt. But again, there are some people who are not. So they're being asked, well, what do you need in your new legal software? What do you need in your new file software? And they're saying, well, I need this, and I need this, and then this. There'll be someone whose job is to put in a spreadsheet all of the random requests from all the people who are stakeholders in this problem. And then you end up with this curious situation where you have a laundry list of requirements that are based on something that they've made up. They're not based on the real world. They've just asked them what you want. They've told you what they want, but that's not necessarily what's available. Um, You then go to market and try and find companies that fit this bizarre square peg round hole list. Well, There aren't many that necessarily do. And also vendors are not set up to just tell you everything they do. If you get in touch with a vendor, firstly, Sadly, getting a vendor to respond to you off the bat is not easy. They don't respond like that. They qualify all their leads and they're very careful about it. They've got a five or six or seven stage process before you get to the final person who can do the deal. And that's normally the person who can answer your questions. So there is a lot of wasted time and energy. It's not unreasonable for a large company to spend 18 months looking for a new piece of software. That's insane. And that's the reality.
0: And this is if they say, we need project management. If we need an alternative to Salesforce, which is CRM, all these things touch lots of different people within the company. Got it. Some of them have requirements that make sense. Some have requirements that don't even, because who knows until you start using it, what's got it. And so they have to go through that whole process just to find software.
1: And they do it every time from scratch. So if someone in the office in London starts looking for something and then someone in the office in New Jersey wants to look for something six months later, there's no transfer of information. They start again, 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 again. We had a great example. We were working actually with Airbnb when we first started the company and they had been looking for two years for a piece of software. And that software's job was to help them um, in a particular area of um, compliance, and they had a list of 108 specific requirements that they'd gone around all the departments, blah, 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 I talked to everyone. They gave it to us. We ran it through our system. And our system says, good news, guys, three of them matter. Like, what do you mean? Well, you haven't thought about this holistically. In your ecosystem, you have Zendesk. Zendesk, yes, it's in the marketing department. Yes, it's not for the thing you think it's for. But it has all of the capabilities of the thing you need. So that can take care of nearly all of it. You've got this other tool, this tool in this department, it can take care of about 25% of it. You are left then with three things that neither of these tools can do. And that we can find from this company. And it just changes the game um, in the way that you look at the world of software. It becomes so much more efficient. And what's also wonderful is they've been, and this is not an exaggeration, they've been looking for 24 months. We did this work in seven days.
0: You know, I freaking love that you use Airbnb as an example as an early client because it's very easy to say Barclays is not in the tech business. Of course, they're going to have problems, and they have much more money. And like you, right? Like you said, they're they're not going away. So if they make a bad software decision and they cut and they spend they spend more money or more time, they're fine. Airbnb is a tech company here in San Francisco, right? There's a yeah. there's a knowledge and intelligence to it. Okay, I and so you understood this by sitting in a rise office and watching what Barclays was trying to do do you have an example of what you saw them do that made you realize hey they've got a big problem here and now I go <laughs>
1: there were there were a lot of things yeah but the most interesting I think was we sat down with um, the legal team and they were looking for basic documentation uh, systems systems to bring in documentation um, watch version changes uh, and then put them out the other side and they said in that meeting to us guys' they're like almost like embarrassed to say it. it's like the problem is when we meet a software that we like, we are too frightened to buy it. We're like, why? I said, well, we don't know if it's the right one. And we said, well, why not? We said, well, we don't know what else is out there. And it's like, oh my God. So you're basically saying because you cannot and no one can have an awareness of what's in the market, you're paralyzed because you might make the wrong choice, but you would only know it in hindsight. Yeah. Wow, that's scary. Uh, And and it's also understandable in an area that is innovating constantly. Interestingly, with Airbnb, the solution we gave them to fix those three problems, Mm -hmm. they had looked at two years before. But imagine this. If you spend two years in a large organization looking for something, an innovative company has evolved in two years or is not Mm. there. So actually, the perfect solution, they discounted 24 months ago and never
0: looked at again. Because that makes sense. I've but done when, that and, too. Right. You, you see software. It doesn't make sense. A couple of years later, the only way you start to look at it is if other people tell you, no, this actually solved our problem. They improved and they see it with fresh eyes. All right. I got it. How did you decide that you wanted to go out and look for customers like Airbnb? When did you just figure out, you know what, I'm going to go out and start this business?
1: So it, it was back in, uh, I want to say November, 2017. So November 2017 is when we started trying to crack the problem, Mm -hmm. uh, which is how do you do this thing that's seemingly impossible that no one's ever done before, which is create a taxonomy um, and a comprehensive set of features for software, not for a particular software, but for all software. That is a big nut to crack. Once we've cracked that nut, um, which, again, as I said, took 24 months ourselves to work out how to do it at scale, repeatably, accurately, um, we realized that, the, the Whenever we would meet with someone, the reaction that they would give us was, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see. Like, So we launched in October of last year. And when you have a sales meeting, and in the sales meeting, the client in the first demo is saying to you, Oh my God, this is amazing. How do you do this? This is cool. You know, you're onto something and it gets you excited. Oh, I can't you got mean.
0: Airbnb as a client before uh what is it you said October so at some point you said this is a business we're getting into the business and then you had to adjust to figure out what the business was what was that moment that made you say this is a business and what's the first version that you launched when you decided that
1: so the, so yeah you're right we worked with them they were very they were great with us basically my co-founder had we used to work at a bank called simple and the lady that was our client at Airbnb had been one of her team at simple so there was a great relationship there which got us in early doors otherwise that could have been hard. but what we realized was as you say seeing, a company like them, a company that people aspire to be like, a company that's phenomenal in the sector, a company that's breaking all the boundaries, struggle with this problem alongside a company like Barclays struggling with this problem makes you realise how big an opportunity this really is. Um, and so, our first iteration of the product we thought would be about search, uh, and so we got we got so excited that we cracked the problem of search. What we what we now call a smart RFP, so a smart response for a proposal, um, request and- for proposal. Yeah, exactly. Right. Response, request.
0: Oh, okay. Request. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this, is what, this, is what, this is what companies put out and they say, we want you, to, which we're looking for this. If you can yeah. do it, come to us. That's which, exactly right. Which would That's seem exactly right. like the answer, but why Why was the standard request for a proposal not solving this problem?
1: Well, the main reason is, as I said, that the, the challenge is that the, the people looking to buy, mm-hmm don't know what's available in the market, don't know the capabilities. And so they offer, if you put out there just a general request, response uh, out there, you're asking someone like, tell me how you can solve this problem. That gets back many different companies in many different sectors trying to use their square, square peg uh, to fit your round hole. Got um, it. Whereas with our system, you're going into the particular area. So be it video conferencing, be it CRM, be it ERP, all of the features are specific to that discipline. And then you're saying to the people, all of the features that are specific to that discipline, 200, whatever it might be, what's the most important one for you and why? And then we're gonna return the people that deliver best against the things that you care about in ERP, in video conferencing, whatever it might
0: be. Okay. All right. Let me take a moment, to talk about my first sponsor, and then we'll come back in here. My first sponsor is a company called TopTal for hiring developers. Here's the beauty about TopTal. Whenever there's a topic, whenever there's an area that's especially like hot, they've got the top developers already in their network. In fact, I'm noticing artificial intelligence coming up a lot more in my interviews. It's hard to hire an AI expert, right? What do you look for? in an AI? How, how are you able to hire so quickly?
1: That it sounds like we need to talk to these guys. So give them my number, of course. <laughs> <laughs> <I> give you. <laughs> it's hard, of course, it is, because also um, a finding the talent um, at the right yep. time and b attracting the talent. So absolutely, this is a problem for sure.
0: What Toptal does is they say, "Tell us what you're looking to do." And we will find people who've already done the work in this space so that there's experience in there and we can get you started with them faster because they're in our network already. All we're doing is making the introduction. You have a conversation with them. If it's a good fit, you test them. If it's a good fit, great. You get started right away. If not, nothing lost. Here it is. If you want to work with them, I'll be happy to make an introduction for you, James, or for anyone Thank in you. my audience to my person over at TopTal. I've used them for years. Just email me. It's Andrew at mixergy.com. Or if you want to Go directly to them and talk to one of their matchers. Go to toptal.com slash Mixergy. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot com slash Mixergy. And the reason you want to use that is because you'll get 80 hours of developer credit when you pay for your first 80 hours in addition to a no-risk trial period. They're that confident that they can get you what you're looking for. So talk to one of their matchers right now by going to top is in top of your head, tal is in Talent, T-O-P-T-A-L dot com slash M-I-X-E-R-G-Y. Okay. The smart RFP did what? That was the first version.
1: Yeah, that was the first version. And we thought, wow, this is awesome. This is a no-brainer. Everyone's going to love this. We geared up last summer to launch this thing. We were so excited. Um, and we, we literally, we, we were we were certain that this was working. We spent an enormous amount of time like crafting and perfecting the UI and the UX. We had it perfect. It was a disaster. Why? Well, because... What we underestimated initially was just there are so many players in the software search space, from people like the G2 crowds of this world, the gardeners of this world. Those guys have been at this forever, and they're spending more money than you can possibly imagine on keywords, search, SEO, Google, and we're coming in as this little minnow going, hey, try and find, clear, find, we'll help you. Um, it was a nightmare and we basically got pretty much no traction. I mean, literally it was a hilarious disaster. Like as an, when you're an entrepreneur and you go out there and you put your heart and soul on something, it's very humbling when you fall on your face. So fundamentally, especially when you know for certain that you are onto something. So that was an, Mit- unmitigated disaster and, and
0: the us. problem was just that you couldn't compete with them for attention because Correct. they had so much money. And their model is, I, I've interviewed, I think the founder, yeah, I did, uh, Godard, Abel, the founder of G2, uh, and a couple of other companies do the same thing. Their model is basically to become a search engine for software with yeah. reviews, and they make money by promoting the companies that pay them, Right. Exactly. That's the so, whole
1: it's, so it's two things that we are completely against. Um, not that we don't like them. Um, the first mm-hmm. thing is just like, I mean, I'm in New York right now. I'm sat in uh, the meatpacking district. And if I was to Google, like, I don't know, or go on Yelp and say, oh, I want the best restaurant in the area, I would happily end up at McDonald's. Why? They've got more five star yeah. reviews than any other restaurant. Is it right. the best restaurant? No. But if you want the best restaurant, it might have less five-star reviews. Why? Because the people that go there may be more discerning. They're less likely to give a five-star review. There are less of them. Uh, And so if you think about it, if you're going to deploy a quarter of a million dollars into a particular system, how useful is it that someone gives you their sentiment on it? We think useless. Um, Also, if my business model is predicated on the fact that in order for you to see something, they need to have paid me money. And the more they pay me, the more you see it. It's not always going to give you the best result. It's going to give you the one that has the most money. Is the one that has the most money the best result? Again, look at McDonald's. McDonald's has definitely got more money than, say, Shake Shack. Is it a better burger? I don't think so. So I think that is our inherent challenge with that methodology. But when we came to market... The reality is we can't cut through that noise. Uh, and so that was not the way to launch this business, we found very, very
0: quickly. You know what, there the are other problems with those. I, I have to say that I don't fully get, I've interviewed so many of the top players in that space. I don't fully get why that model makes sense. Like if I just typed in CRM right now, they bring in Freshworks CRM, active campaign, HubSpot, and Salesforce all as the same result. These are technically all using the same crm title it's completely different in my in, in the way that i use it i'm not going to say right there's some aspect of active campaign again a, a sponsor there's some active part of them that really wants to be doing what salesforce does but yeah. there's no one who's going to say we're on salesforce we got to get rid of them and go over to active campaign right it's it's just not no 100%. one it's not it's not apples to apples it's not exactly the same the customers also decide um, it's different It's different for each customer. All right. I, I I see how you were up against a wall. Do you feel like then your first model, the smart RFP, would have succeeded if you could have had access to customers? Is it just that? Well, for
1: sure. Well, What's been fascinating is so the way we got to our next iteration was uh, we had a meeting with one of the biggest tech companies in the world. You've definitely heard of them, but I'm not going to say their name. Um, and we tried to pitch them the smart RFP, and they loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But they were saying, well, guys, hang on if you've got all this information about features, what if we tell you the software we already have? Could you tell us where the duplication is? And we're like, yeah, 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 of course we can. And we left the meeting and didn't hear them, which was insane. About a month later, suddenly in a sort of moment of like, what the hell are we gonna do with this thing? It's gonna die if we don't sort it out. One of us remembered that meeting. Uh, and so we started thinking about it and said, so, look, the client's just told us what they want. Why don't we just build it for them? Uh, and so we went away and like rejigged our entire system and looked at it in the opposite way starting from the software you already have and then look using the same feature data to work out where you are overextended where you were overspending and then we saw oh my goodness once you do that once you have someone's entire ecosystem well you can also really help with a smart rfp because we know what you already have, and therefore we know what's really great to fit in with that. And because we know all of your features, we can prevent you wasting money on buying tools that you don't need to buy because you have the capabilities in house already.
0: But the first place that it came from was them saying, "Help make sense of what we have here. Okay. Are there duplicates?" It's that simple idea that I came up with. And do you still, to this day, fine do that? You do, right?
1: That's the lead-in now. So what we did is, so back, back in mm-hmm. October, we were then we we finally rejigged and we went to market. Uh, We were really fortunate. We got a really great little article in TechCrunch. And off the back of that, we won some serious clients. And we were sort of gobsmacked at, at the response. Because when you go to a company and say, hey, guys, look, we can look at what you've got, and we can help you deploy that money more efficiently. You're going to spend X amount on software, spend it in the right way with the right companies that are going to get you the best results. You're not about spending money. You're about using that money to make more money. And we're going to help you do that.
0: James, that's where I had my understanding of what you do. It's a, it, Like you said, a small article. It's a small article. They didn't, they didn't give me enough meat. I was trying to figure out who you were, trying to get so much more about, about the business, and, but this little article didn't give it to me. By the way, nice uh, nice touch going in there and commenting, uh, being the one and only comment on that post. But all they're saying is your model is showing businesses where they're overspending on software and then collecting 1.2 cents for every dollar of annual software spend
1: sort of i mean interestingly typically as again anyone who listens to this podcast will know if you're an entrepreneur one thing i would just say for sure is do not be too rigid in the way you do things pricing is one of those things that you do not get right off the bat we didn't get it right off the bat we've totally changed our pricing model since then what was what the problem now, with that yeah so what, well, what was interesting is people are such cynical at all, people, um, I was going to say something else then, that um, they try to just game the system. So the way that this works is if we know the tools you have, then we can save you money. If you, um, but if we were trying charging you by tool, they go well. Uh, well, I think this tool's fine, so I won't tell you about that one. Oh, and, and this tool, actually don't worry about and that. And Then one. you don't I've, get the
0: insight that you like, need in order dude. to give them the savings that they they're coming yeah, for. Like,
1: yeah, you can give me half the tools, and yeah, you save the money, but you don't because we can't see what you're doing. Um, and so instead, we said, look, this is bonkers. We need to think about this it. much smarter. So we said, look, what if we just charge 1.5% flat fee of what you spend? And that that is a management fee on your entire ecosystem for twelve months, and for that we're going to save you time, effort, money, and get everyone working at their day job instead of looking for software. Which is why didn't you
0: say uh, we'll save you? We'll charge you based on savings. Because again, what's fascinating is we're not selling savings.
1: As I said at, at the sort of uh, at the beginning, really, if you're spending. A million dollars a year on software, you're not looking to spend 800,000 years uh, a year Mm. on software. You're looking to use that million dollars as effectively as possible. And that's what we're giving you as the CFO. We're going to give you the capabilities to ensure that your company is spending the money the right way. You you want the best talent in your business, like you were talking about the recruiter before. They're going to bring you the best talent to your business. If you had 10 people and you spend a million dollars a year on those 10 people, if you could get... Five people for twice the price who were five times better, you would deploy your money like that. And that's what we're saying. Look, use that money more wisely. Get the best tools for your business, not just the random tools that you happen to have collected over the last 5, 10, 20 years. Get the best tools and then deploy your money as efficiently as possible.
0: Okay. So this is how you realized it. I didn't give you a chance earlier when you were starting to say how you figured out how to get all the features of all this different software into a database that's usable? How did you solve that problem?
1: Wow. Um, that, as I said, so that's two years of um, trial and error, trauma, uh, good fortune. Um, the main thing we had to start to do is just obviously the way that humans think about software is very different from the way the machines think about software. So if you think about it simply like this, like if I said to you, Let's, we initially thought, let's do categories of software because obviously it seems obvious that there's CRM, there's video conferencing. The problem is we've already got 800 categories of software. Again, no humans thinking like that. So we then said, oh my goodness, it's not as simple as that. You have to almost think about um, a software almost being like Lego. If you imagine a piece of Lego, a single piece of Lego has a function and a value. It might be that one's a wheel and one's a steering wheel, whatever. When you combine those pieces of Lego, you create the end result. And so what we went out and did is worked out what are the component parts. So as I said, Slack has video conferencing. Zoom has video conferencing. Are they inoperable? Not really. They're very different. Um, But they both have the simple idea of video conferencing. So then you have to get so much more granular about what does it mean to be a core product, uh, a core feature, a non-core feature. And, And that was a phenomenal piece of work. It's a bit like asking McDonald's to tell you what is the secret sauce behind the Big Mac. They're not always going to tell you, but they'll give you an indication. And this is me saying to you, here's my indication of
0: what our secret source is. Is there, is there a person or people who did this? It kind of reminds oh goodness, me- No, no, no. It's a huge team of people. Huge team. It actually is human people in your company who are doing yeah, this?
1: Yes, so humans in our company, um, AI, uh, machine learning, scraping, mechanical turks. This is a multifaceted approach to this problem because it, it the, the reason this problem exists is as any of your listeners can find out, if you go to a website, if you want the best test in the world, go to Oracle. <laughs> go to Oracle and try and find out what any Oracle product does. Good luck. Um, it doesn't tell you what they do, and you can't find out what they do. So we had to work out how to do that. Go to a small company, a startup, and yeah, they might tell you some of the features, but they do not list all the features. Um, so we've had to find the way to discern that information at scale, using a whole host of different means and obviously having relationships with the vendors and we've now got to the point where large vendors the microsoft's of this world have relationships with us where they want us to know the features that they're putting in the market and we then have the capability to test those features to make sure they're real features to make sure they're credible features and then to put them into our taxonomy so that we can use those features
0: i still don't see how you'd be able to get somebody to test say you and i were on riverside to do this interview yeah. Riverside has all the features to do an interview, right? We could see each other by video. It was going to record your side of the conversation from your computer, mine side from mine, in the cloud record, both of them as backup. It just didn't work. It was, you couldn't hear me. Yeah. How, how can this, How can software, AI, anything capture that little detail of how it doesn't work well enough? And I'm not saying that Riverside doesn't ever, I'd like to switch to them, but didn't for us. It's true, I
1: suppose. I think the interesting thing is we absolutely look at the capabilities of the software, and there will be instances, as in that instance, where there are extraneous factors that are outside of my control and your control and their control. For example, bandwidth would be one that would impact that. Um, so we, we make it clear to our end user where there are factors that are not within the software. The, the only way to
0: know that, though, is I don't see how you could analyze this. I don't understand. It's not that I don't agree. I just don't understand this part. How you could analyze it feature for feature and still say Riverside wins every time and still, and still say Zoom wins instead of Riverside because Riverside seems to win for interviews. The only way you would know it is if you talk to a real interviewer who used it once or seven times, either way, you get to, you get to understand the problems. The first time is the initial problems of setup and initial problems of a newbie. The seventh time is the problems of an experienced person. Those are two different types of problems. And you get that. How can software tell you that without using it and having an expert whose job is to use it, use it?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I suppose one is, I mean, the vendor themselves are experts. So what's interesting is not surprisingly, Zoom would love to tell you why Riverside doesn't work and Riverside will tell you why Zoom doesn't work. So we can take into account expert, um, okay. as in manufacturers, viewpoints on the competitive landscape that gives you a whole new dimension because they know the holes in their competitive software and they can poke on them. Uh, and so we get to see a really wonderful um, view. And it's obviously not just taking a hey, zoom thinking about this about Riverside, but we can take the whole market's view about each of the products. Uh, and the reason they're willing to do that is because we can then share competitive data with them. So if you're a particular vendor, you want to know how you perform and in return for telling us you how you perform, you share with us your insights into certain tools and that really okay. gives us incredible expertise
0: here's what i'm thinking and you tell me if i'm wrong tell i'm me. thinking james that the very first version what it did was clear find just had some kind of uh feature list and you did your best using software and people and mechanical turks people to chronicle all the feature list and then as you continued you improved it with feedback from vendors talking about each other, vendors talking about their own problems, your customers and other research Enhance it. But the very first version, I think I might be overthinking it. I think the very first version, if you just knew the features that were in a product, you would be very helpful, maybe 75, 80% of the way there.
1: We've, I mean, the saying that one in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king right. is far from the truth, which is basically when we started this process and even now, no one else does it. So it's not like you can go, well, we've trekked out this website and this website, and now we're we'll looking at ClearFind. So no, you're looking at ClearFind or you're not looking at anything because it doesn't exist. Uh, and so- Right. And I keep asking, how is... do you make
0: the first version as perfect as as you're describing here? And my, my better answer is, what did that first version look like? And it seems like I kind of hit on it. It's somewhere, okay. I'm oversimplifying it, but it's closer to- a set of features for software so when a customer comes in and says we need these features or we have this software and we need these features you tell them what what's missing and what they can consider.
1: absolutely but even at that basic level it was like head and shoulders above anything available in the market because it was based on reality instead of yeah. hypothesis, uh and it was it was a cross category and it had this amazing taxonomy on it so That's where we started. And as you say, now, because we've got a brand in the market that people have heard of, especially vendors have heard of, and we have relationships with vendors, we're just increasing and improving the richness of that data. But at its base level, it's head and shoulders above anything in the market because there is nothing else in the market.
0: What's your revenue now?
1: We are heading towards around 3 million um, AR this year. Um, so we are, yeah, we're in a great place. We've got some of the world's biggest brands working with us. Um, and it's a, well, it's a very, very exciting time to be part of Still this.
0: Still bootstrapped?
1: Uh, yeah, today. So, but we uh, are fundraising now. So if you're listening in, you can get in on the action in the next 30 days. Uh, where are you fundraising, <laughs> so are fundraising for ClearFind? Yeah, we do a where? five million raise right now.
0: Oh, right you're now, just so doing it so one-on-one up. directly. We're not, you're not using like Republic or one of these platforms.
1: No, 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 we're not. We're doing it. We're just talking to VCs directly. We've closed the round at the end of June. We've had our first few meetings this week. The response has been very positive because again, we've got amazing traction since October.
0: Great. It's a great freaking model. I I even think the simpler version is a great model. Tell me what you think of this. So my second sponsor is HostGator. I want to come back also. I want to find out about the Richard Branson thing that I didn't get to find out like what he, what's he like. And all right. Um, My second sponsor is a company called HostGator for hosting websites. Obviously my site is hosted on them. I've, I have thought in the past that it might make sense for somebody to say, I'm going to go to HostGator, put up a website and say, I'll be your negotiator. You hire me. I won't change your software at all. Let me just have your software list of what your software is. I'm going to call up the vendors. I'll negotiate down. Let's split 50-50 what I save for you. And that could be like an entry point into a bigger software-based business. That's what I've thought would be a good business. You're smiling. I want to, Let me add to that. And then you tell me what you think of this. Studying what you did at ClearFind, I thought, The next version up from this could just be, give me access to your QuickBooks and obviously other uh, accounting software. I will then see what you're spending a lot of money on. And I will have already the relationships with most vendors. I'll say, look, give my people the price that they need. Great. And we'll keep it in. And then maybe relationships with similar vendors so that if I see that there are a bunch of people who are using Pipedrive, I might say, look, I can negotiate Pipedrive down 20% less. Salesflare basically does the same thing. They're half the price. If you want, we could switch over to Salesflare, you save money and maybe I have a relationship with Salesflare where they kick me back some bit some money. That seems like a good model to take to Hostgator, put up a website and start, you know, pitching the service. What do you think of that as somebody who's been in this space?
1: I think it doesn't take into consideration that businesses are not all the same. Uh, and so each business will have specific requirements that are essential to it being running at its optimal level. Uh, and when you take a sort of more generic, well, look, which one's the cheapest product or which one- No. Um, so what we if we, the, we
0: start by, I keep your software, all I do is negotiate. And in time, you have the negotiating relationships and you know what to, what to charge.
1: Yeah, that, I think that's a great thing. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? It's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, I think, obviously, that's some of the information we have. And yes, we can do that. But again, there, there is a point at which you stop being able to do that. Um, as in, yes, each year for the first few years, you might be able to haggle down because you're getting more places. And yes, you'll be able to buy it cheaper. But the question is not, can you buy the software cheaper? The question is, is it the right software for you? And of course, can you buy it cheaper? But if you're buying the wrong software cheaper, what's the point of that?
0: Well, what you're doing is you're thinking a of- better, deeper, harder business model. No doubt. I'm suggesting if someone's sitting and listening to me going, I'm hearing all these entrepreneurs come up with business ideas. I don't have a business idea at all. And Andrew keeps pitching me on HostGator. I don't even know what to put on HostGator. Maybe a certain like person in the audience could say, my first shot at this entry point into helping businesses is I'm just going to put up a one-page uh, website And all I'm going to pitch on my one page website is I will negotiate your current software. I cut it back for you. We split the revenue. If I don't save you 75% or if I don't save you 25%, you don't pay me a dollar, right? What do you think of that as a model for me to tell my audience to go and have somebody go run? Yeah,
1: then to do it. ClearFind will sponsor them to do it. So HostGator and ClearFind will both sponsor them. They've got a great business opportunity and we will go into Ooh, partnership with another road. Let's do that's it. That's
0: great because you know what it is? Because they get the basic entry point, then they partner up with ClearFind to get the deeper savings. Hopefully. How do you fright So they become an onboarding for you. Alright, listen to me people, whether it's that idea or any other idea that you've got, if you need a website for your idea and who doesn't, go to HostGator.com Mixergy because frankly HostGator does hosting, right? You've seen it with me. I've used it for years. You haven't had problems with my with my site you did in the past, but since we moved to HostGator you do not. It just freaking works. It's inexpensive and it'll scale with you. I'm going to start you off with a cheap plan. They hate when I say cheap. I should say inexpensive. Inexpensive. Here you go, everyone. Inexpensive plan. negotiate
1: it down from there. Right, right.
0: <laughs> it's like three dollars a month. There's just like, listen. Go out there, HostGator.com slash Mixergy, get a great price on a great site and build your business. Hopefully, you'll be on here to do an interview about it, people. All right. Love you it. know what? I mentioned Richard Branson. Let's take a moment away from what you're up to right now with Clearfine. I grew up admiring Richard Branson. He'll be all these crazy things that he did, right?
1: Beautiful I, man. Beautiful man with a beautiful bushy beard and a lot of lovely sweaters.
0: How did you, how did you get to meet Richard Branson?
1: So, firstly, as a child, I... I, I thought, that man has got something going on that I like. Uh, and it wasn't just the facial hair. Uh, and so I, I set off in a desperate bid to become an entrepreneur. Uh, and I, like a little urchin, put a, a knapsack over my shoulder and went to London to seek my fortune. Um, and was very, very fortunate that I firstly started out working in an industry where I got to work alongside um, Virgin. Um, and that meant that I could see how the magic was working when inside the Virgin business. Uh, and then I saw an opportunity, which was Virgin were recruiting someone in marketing. And I thought, well, hello, I could be that person. So I put myself forward and said, I've got the perfect candidate guys. I know him, he's brilliant. I can give you amazing references. His name's James Playfield. Uh, and unbelievably and shockingly that worked. Um, and so I went forward um, and got this job. And um, from there, I was in my sort of sort of relatively young age. I was in my 20s. Um, I progressed relatively quickly in this company, and I got to be someone running um, a, a virgin company. a young age. It was called, uh, this is a weird name, but it's called virginstudent.com. Anyway, what it did was basically, um, you may remember and you may not remember, there was something called College Club. College Club was a precursor to Facebook before Mm. MySpace, before Facebook. Um, And we had licensed that technology and set up in the UK. We were, sorry, Mark Zuckerberg, we beat you to it. We were the number one student website in the UK for some time at virginstudent.com. And as a consequence of that, I used to go and meet with Branson. So I'd go to his house and imagine that, like as a child, you've aspired to meet this person. And you now get to go to the guy's house to have a meeting. I this was
0: He was the Elon Musk of his world. For sure. Elon Musk, Bill Gates, so many yeah. others wrapped up in one because he was also a music executive, right? That's how oh many people cared yeah. about music. Completely. Okay. So you go into his house. To, yeah. And what's he like when you first go to see him? Well, the thing that was a little bit surprising was firstly
1: that when I was met at the door, because I was a young chap at the time, um, the, the housekeeper thought I was there to see his son. I was like, no, 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 I'm here to see Richard. She's like, "Oh, just go on through. And when I walked through, I noticed the restroom doors open and there's Richard Branson happily going to the bathroom. I, like, and I He's like, being oh, with the
0: door open? <laughs> yes. And I'm okay. like, dude,
1: no. But obviously I just like sneaked back into the kitchen and pretended I hadn't seen him. Uh, okay. I sat there waiting for someone to call me through. And I was like, it was very strange. And then I went into his front room, uh, had a meeting with him, thinking I've just seen you in the bathroom, but I'm not going to say a word. Okay. Uh, and then at the end of the meeting, which is special, he gave me a salute like this little salute. And he sent okay. me on my merry way. And as a, as a 20-year-old kid, I was over the moon um, to have seen him in his house, in his element, relaxed.
0: How long did you work on virginstudent.com?
1: Uh, five years. Wow. Uh, so worked there for five years. And then um, it was a great company. Virgin is a phenomenal brand, a brilliant company to work for. And what was wonderful is at the end of that time – uh, we realized commercially it was challenging because we'd go to people to try and get advertising revenue We'd say, well, hey, look, um, blah, 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 mobile phone. Do you want to work with us? Well, no, no, no. You've got Virgin Mobile. So, hey, look, blah, 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 airline. Uh, like, well, no, meanwhile, no, it's not Virgin really the same
0: airline. business. Yeah. And
1: so anyway, yeah. so it wasn't going to work out commercially, but what was wonderful is. I persuaded them to let me leave on great terms and start my first company. And they became my first client. So for all the entrepreneurs out there, instead of getting VC funding, in mm. this instance, I got my client to pay me for a year upfront on day one, which meant that I could start my company. It was a wonderful way to start a business. What
0: was the business that you started?
1: Um, it was in the world of experiential marketing. Uh, wow. And so we were creating virgin mobile was the company that backed us uh we were creating experiences to sell their products and back in the day obviously virgin mobile doing okay but they were doing a lot better back then um and we had a phenomenal business with those guys we, we worked on x um the cool men's deodorant brand and, and lots so of this things, was ex-
0: experiential marketing got Correct. it too uh was this escape airports where that no, whole escape other business?
1: Airports was even more interesting um so as Back in the day, back in the uh, early 2000s, if you were flying around anywhere in the U.S., you would have experienced, and this is still someday, to some degree true, the horrific nature of airports. I mean, okay. airports in the U.S. Are, were built like bus stations. And then suddenly, you had to be there a long time. Suddenly, you had lots of cute lines to get through um, uh, the security. Suddenly, the dwell times were increasing. And the facilities had not improved. JFK sadly, God bless his whole heart, is still a really rubbish airport. Um, And so we created this idea of escape airports where you could pay to come into our executive lounge, no matter if you were flying business class or not, and have the sort of experience you'd expect in a five-star hotel, which is what you should be getting in an airport. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so we created this product. It was wonderful. Um, Out at JFK, went down very well. And actually, my business partner at the time has now got quite a number of these around the world. So he's done very well off the back of it. It still exists. It does. It's no longer called Escape Airports. I'm trying to remember what it's called. I think it's called Number One Traveler. Yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense too. I think, yeah. and then I guess American Express kind of jumped on that too, where they created these lounges it for their well, cardholders. In most cases,
1: like people like. So we had uh, twenty carriers working with us. Normally, people like American Express outsource it a bit, like Barclays did with Rise to us, which is. It's American Express are amazing at credit cards, they're not so great at right. airport lounges. They probably have a supplier building that for them, I would guess.
0: I imagine. All right. This I, I feel like I've got everything asked. I'm really excited about what you're doing here with your business. Let me, I guess what I didn't ask is where do you get your customers now? If you can't, you couldn't compete with G2 on online ads. What are you doing? It seems like it's all consulting and who you know and working the phone. Well,
1: What's been wonderful is because our product is genuinely differentiated and it's a significant step forward for where people are literally living in like the early 90s right now in the way they look for software. And our tool is, is very much of the moment. We're finding major consulting firms are using our tool for their clients. And so they are helping us find clients. Those companies that are already talking to CFOs, are already working with the best companies in the world, are helping us find clients and selling our tool into them.
0: Like what? What's, what's an example of a type of customer that would be doing that, or a type of uh, consultant that would be doing that?
1: Sadly, um, I'm not actually at liberty to say, um, but basically think of, let me just say, if you think of the top five accounting firms in the world, Two of them are already clients, and a third one is about to become a client.
0: Uh, um, I haven't dropped a name. I've just hinted. But it's anyone who's oh, – that makes sense. You know what? I just interviewed – I keep talking about him. I, I freaking love the founder of Kayak. I interviewed him. Oh, wow. Uh, Paul English. He's got yes. a site called Lola.com. What they do mm-hmm. is they help CFOs control the spending within the company. Send me his email uh, address. A company I like that to. would be a good intro, right? Let's Please make it.
1: We'll do that. We'll have that chat. That'd be great. He would be a wonderful person to chat to. That'd be gorgeous. I
0: can love that guy. I didn't expect to. I, I just awesome. thought he would be so cerebral that it would be a little challenging to talk to him. Like myself. Incredibly creative. Yeah. No, I knew <laughs> with you because of the Richard Branson, like fondness, that yeah. there would be a like a panache, you know, with yeah. him. I thought he's an engineer who, I don't know. I just had this vision of what he would be like. He didn't end up being like that at all. That's but he'd be cool. on the spectrum in an awkward way. He wasn't. He, he might be on the spectrum, but it's not awkward at all.
1: That's so cool. All right. Wonderful idea.
0: All right, that's his business though. Let me tell everyone that the best way to follow up with you, if they're at all interested, is to go to clearfind.com. And uh, I'm freaking excited about what you built here. Thank this you. This is sh- such a short amount of time.
1: I know it's crazy. So get involved. You have software, you need it improved. I guarantee you. Come and see us. We can help you.
0: All right. Do you take like consultants? Like, can somebody go and say, I'm gonna do this and sell it as a resell it as a service? candidate we have a number
1: of people doing that very very thing
0: i imagine all right yeah it seems like enterprise a lot of who's the agent who's the agency that does the thing all right yeah. james congratulations thank you so much thank for you. doing the interview and i want to thank the no sponsors who made this interview happen the first will host your website right people go to hostgator.com slash mixergy. and the second one you're ready to get the top the best the people who really can't get the job done go to toptal.com slash mixergy. all right james thanks
1: all right awesome bye bye